This is Podcast for Columbus. Recording from Columbus, Ohio, home of the hardest working team, Coda Stewart, Cameron McKay, Max Brunke, and Todd Fichtenberg are talking all things soccer. Columbus Crew, International, Premier League, and everything in between. Welcome to our conversation. All right, Podcast for Columbus is back for our third season. Hopefully we make it past seven episodes this season. Um, today we are slightly shorthanded. It's just me, Todd Fickberg. You can find me at Toddrick33 on Twitter. And Dakota Stewart coming to you live from Southeast Ohio in the Crew Cave. Greetings, lads. The great part about this show is we can be called the 2-1 podcast because we're two lads with one team, the way it should be. Because we know how to be soccer fans. Right. We understand that you can't support two teams in the same league. Who even does that? Or even in the same conference, for that matter. Or even in the same state. <laughs> so our goal is to be a soccer podcast that actually talks about soccer. Um, so that makes us unique here in Columbus. And to bring you something to listen to on your Monday morning commute or run. Uh, on today's show, we'll break down last night's game against the Red Bulls. And we'll preview the game against New England. And finally, we'll give some MLS predictions and year award predictions. Um, so, last night, Crew had the first game of the two ni- 2019 season, which was great to actually have a game in mm-hmm. 2019. So, right off the bat, the starting lineup came up. Um, Caleb Porter went with our typical 4-2-3-1 formation with awful Mensa, Sarl, and Francis in the back. Artern Trap in the midfield, Miram Pipa Santos attacking midfielders, and Zardas up top, and Stefan in goal. Um, on the bench, we had Bendik, um, Rico Clark, J.J. Williams, Josh Williams, Jimenez, Abubakar, and Rubinho. Did anything stick out to you from that uh, lineup? Uh, starting 11, it was pretty uh, – there was no surprises there. It was a normal starting 11. We pretty much have all our best players out there, uh, except for Milton, who was hurt this year. So uh, Whalen stepped in for him. But, um, yeah, no surprises with the 11. Um, I did – have a little surprise there with the bench. Um, I didn't really understand why we had two center backs on the bench, and um, I would have, I, I would have rather had Sosa on the bench to come in, maybe give the midfield a little boost. But um, nothing really, nothing really stuck out to me as like a huge surprise. Yeah, so that's one thing for me as well. The attacking midfield, we didn't really have much in way of attackers to come off the bench, which seemed like an odd choice from the home opener um, with that electric atmosphere. We had JJ Williams as a striker who for whatever reason, is ahead on the depth chart from Patrick Mullins, which I found interesting. Yeah, I noted that also. Um, I wonder if, in training, if uh, Caleb likes more what uh, what JJ can bring, if he's like a little bit bigger, uh, harder to stop going forward. Um, I would like to know the reasoning behind that, but um, didn't get to see either one of them because we only made one sub, so it doesn't really matter. I did see um, Jacob, the dispatch reporter, talking about the scrimmage they had with Akron today, and it looked like they're playing a um, 4-4-1-1 kind of formation. Yeah, I saw that J.J. and Mullins were both playing. It looks like J.J. was maybe off to the wing just by looking at the lineup. I didn't, I don't know. I, I didn't follow it after the lineup. Yeah, or was, that, or was it a 4-3-3? I don't remember now. But because the one thing that I was wondering about was uh, 
Argudo, who played on the wings before, it looked like in preseason he was playing some sort of um, holding midfielder position. Yeah, which I liked him better there anyway. Okay, so that's right. That was it. Was a four-three-three because you had the attackers on the top, and then in the midfield you had uh, Argudo was playing in that section. So I'm not sure what his role will be. If it'll be just kick it around the midfield, or if it'll be more defensive, more attacking minded. But I was kind of surprised that the bench didn't really have much attack in mind, much in the way of attack minded players. But uh, we don't have a, uh, we don't have Cam or French here today. But uh, the center back pairing, I think we all actually agreed that Mensa and Saro were the best pair, and it looks like Caleb Porter agreed with us and started Saro and Mensa together in the back. Yeah, good for Caleb taking advice. Um, he's in our group chat apparently taking all of our hot takes and putting them to practice. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And then uh, I think the disagreement came on. We had not really huge arguments, but. Uh, with Lala Swims and Cronali where they fall, um, it looks like Caleb Porter agreed that Abubakar and Josh Williams are three and four on the depth chart. Um, I personally, to the chagrin of others on the panel, would put Cronali actually ahead of Abubakar and Williams. Um, I think Abubakar, while great, uh, he does have a tendency to it's not even the rash challenges. I don't mind. Pissarro is always a millisecond away from a red card, um, but he times it perfectly. Um, but Abubakar, I feel like he's got like the flinging elbows and the kind of the temper that is just needs to be reined in. And I think that you know, give him a few years, that he'll he'll definitely be up there. But I'd still like to see Cronali get a chance. You know, hometown guy, and I don't you know I don't think the difference between Abubakar and Cronali is that much. Yeah, I'm happy with the uh, two starters, uh, Jonathan and Gaston. I think they're both excellent center backs. Um, Looking at the game last night, they really didn't have anything to to point out about their flaws or anything. If not, uh, they they played relatively not a perfect game, but they played a great game. Yeah, and so um, back to the bench a little bit. Um, one thing Hanson did have a knock. I I didn't realize that. Do you know what it was? I didn't I didn't see what it was, but I did see that he was uh, ruled out for this game. Yeah, the only reason that I had noticed that was on doing the fantasy. I see he had the little ambulance with the cross on it next to him. I was like, so may, that might be one of the reasons why uh, the bench was lacking in attacking, which is actually kind of it's kind of worrisome if our backup, when our backup attackers injured, we don't really have much in the way of doing it. But back to the scrimmage, um, I didn't see the final score, but I know at one point it was four one with JJ Williams having scored two. So. Uh, Again, it's Akron. We're talking a college team. But yeah, but you still, know, I mean, you know. the kid's got potential. I, I like what I've seen from him so far. Yeah, four one. That's a that's a pretty cool scoreline. Um, let's see. Anything else on the bench that we were thinking about, or even um, our starting players? No, I think everything's pretty straightforward. Um, looking at our attack, though, um, I felt like our attack was lacking a lot. We didn't really make. We had a couple good chances that we wasted, but uh, if you look at Jossie, he didn't really get too much service that he could do anything with. So he was kind of invisible for the game. Not not his fault, per se, because he's just a, a poacher striker. He needs the balls fed into him, but uh, he didn't he didn't really get that from the rest of the team. And um, Miram, he he was by far the worst of our attacking players. Oh, hating all season. No, That's my job. I, yeah, true, but I've, I got to take some of it. But um, but yeah, Miram, he he was the worst player yesterday in the game, in my opinion. Um, Pedro, I think he had a, a good game despite what 
some people are saying I would prefer to just leave last year in the past and have him start at a new slate, see what he can do under Caleb. Um, but I I liked what I saw from Pedro yesterday. Um, it was a lot better than what we've seen from him, especially last year. Um, but yeah, all in all, I think our attack has potential, but it's just lacking a couple key pieces. Yeah, I think for Mara, uh, for, for, for Miram and Santos, I think it was the same. Um, I wanted to come in this season with a fresh slate for both of them. Um, Santos has not done great the last two years. Miram hasn't offered anything since summer 2017. Completely disappeared in the playoffs in 2017. Then he went to Orlando and had that issue with the fans, and then he came back and didn't really do anything last season. So I was hoping that both of them under Porter would just be reignited and come back strong. Um, on the style of play, one thing that kind of stuck out to me was I went to the preseason game in uh, Charleston, the one against Cincinnati, which they also lost that game. Fuss lads. <laughs> Foos lads. Yeah, I know, I'm a gatekeeper. I know fussy. that. That Shafas S is only supposed to be a double S. I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, so anyways... Um, so one thing that really, really stuck out to me was how they attacked the entire time. There was no meaningless possession. Um, there was no let's kick it around the back third for 20 minutes and wait till the other team to make a mistake or wait till we make a mistake. So I was really shocked in that first half <laughs> when the Columbus crew came out and literally played Burhalter ball. Well, I think you've got to take into consideration also they're two very different opponents. Cincinnati, they're a USL team, so it's easier to press them and have more attacking. Uh, whereas New York Red Bulls, they're in CONCACAF Champions League. Um, they have stellar players all across the field, so you got to be a little reserved with them. That way you don't get um, get taken advantage of under counterattack or anything. Yeah, no, I understand that. Uh, but my thought would be that maybe that's what made them go back in the old mentality and the old mindset was right. that trying to do that then kind of kicked into what they had been doing because we pretty much had uh, the same 11 that we've always had, um, pretty much, I know, with a little bit of change. And then Waylon Francis being back, mm -hmm. um, he played under Greg for a few years. But, yeah, so that kind of, th that kind of hurt to watch. Um, so it was no surprise when, when the Red Bulls scored. Honestly, you could just see it coming. It was their typical goal, perfect yeah. play. And even MLS, they give, you know, I think it's the only league in the world that still gives double assists. But yeah. yeah, they had two assists on that play, and it was just like a perfect headed one timer. Zach Steffen was not very happy at all with his defense. But yeah, that goal, you can't really blame it on one sole player. I mean, everybody had uh, their, their flaws in that particular play. But uh, Harrison, he mistimed his uh, clearance. So I think Zach, looking at the replay, especially a couple times, it looks like Zach thought that Harrison was going to go up and just clear the ball like he does several times a game and just had too much confidence in Harrison where I think Zach could have just kept his eye on the ball a little bit more and maybe actually moved to try to save the ball. So it, it's it's bad on Zach and Harrison, but, I mean, first, first game of the season, it's nothing to worry about at all. Yeah, um, it being the first game, I agree with that. And also you touched on how they're in the CCL they had a game, I believe, Wednesday, and they have one next week. Yeah, they definitely they, played a B team. So, yeah, so that if I took anything concerning out of the point from the first game um, is that their B team kind of ran over us in the first half. Right. I mean, I was looking at the list. I don't think I can even pronounce half of these names, but Duncan, Ivan, Epps, Fernandez, Vlat, Caceres, Long, Murillo. Yeah, honestly, like, I don't even know who they are. I don't know who any of these guys are, part because last year I didn't pay attention to MLS at all except right. for the crew. And these are like their reserves. So like 
I don't know who any of these guys are. No names stuck out except for a couple guys on the bench. But. Yeah, and Tarek, um, he was one of those that went home because he was homesick. Um, and he was sprouting a little something on his head. He might want to have that get checked out. Just like a little weird, little tiny little knot of something. Um, and then Robles, of course. Yeah. But the one that surprised me was Parker was on the bench. Um, he annihilated us in the playoffs last year. Both. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> BWP, he was left off yep. also. BWP was left off. But Parker came on when I, at halftime. He was the only player doing warm-ups on the field. And I'm like, well, I guess he's coming in. Um, so that was a defensive sub on the Red Bulls part. Um, then, of course, um, I'll let you talk about the crew goal. Well, uh, it was the perfect goal, in my opinion, because it was a double Argentine goal. Uh, you had Pipa taking the corner, uh, whipped in perfectly uh, in a great spot. Uh, Gaston Saro, he got his head on it, took a deflection, and right in the back of the net. Uh, couldn't be more happy for both of them. Uh, two of my favorite players all time for the crew, especially Gaston um, coming back from his injury. Uh, you can just tell it's like just a, such a huge sigh of relief that he's actually able to go out and be a starter for the best team in the world. So super happy for both of them. Uh, glad that Pipa was able to get an assist early on this season. Um, know he's going to have tons more this year, and definitely a confidence boost for for both of them. Yeah, that was a fun one to watch there, sitting on the east side. Um, uh, it was a set piece. From, was it from a corner or from a free kick? I don't remember. It was a corner. So it's coming from the corner, which we don't score off the corners. To me, it looked like Keystone, Keystone Cops ball bouncing around all over the place. But if you watch the replay. Saro headed it perfectly into yeah. the goal. Like, like, it wasn't even the Keystone Cops, like, luck goal. It was like literally, the, like, perfect position. If you watch the replay, Saro didn't even move his feet. He just, like, stood there and knew exactly where people were going to put the ball, and boom, just knew exactly what to do. Right. All I knew was, hey, the back of the uh, net bulge, and I was pretty excited about that, and it, it was a really <laughs> it was a really good one to watch. Uh, it was happy to have him score his first uh, goal for the Columbus crew. Um, and... One thing I wanted to talk about, too, was the substitutions. This is another part where I got worried that we're playing Burhalter uh, ball some more. Red Bulls had used all of their subs by the 64th minute. Yeah. So Robles had a few knocks. So I was actually secretly, uh, not that I ever want to injure. He was wasting time a lot. Uh, there was one where he got kicked in the chest pretty hard. Nah, he's fake. So uh, fair enough. Fake but, news. But for me, I thought, well, hopefully that is something real. And then they have to stick outfielder <laughs> in the goal. That would have been pretty exciting. But but then we had one sub in the 79th minute, which one thing I thought, oh, good, we'll get to see some players off the bench around the 60th minute. But but Caleb Porter didn't seem to take that route. But the thing is, looking at the subs, um, I, I really do like that Rubinho came in for Miriam. I yeah. wish that would have happened earlier right, instead and I, of waiting all that time. Right. Um, but that's where I was going with that because literally the game changed. The last 10 minutes of the game was by far most pressing and by yeah. far most exciting of the game. Yeah, I think Rubino, he has great potential. Um, I've loved everything that I've seen from him so far. I think he's actually better than Merrim at this point in the season. Um, I'm not sure if uh, Merrim can come back and get into his groove like he did a couple years ago, but it seems like he's not the same player that we used to have. But um, I really do like Rubino. I like his energy that he brings, and I think he does have potential to start um, – Week, week in, week out. Yeah, it is interesting. So we had the 2015 version of Ethan Finley. Oh, Jair Mufo was on the screen as we watched the DC Atlanta game. Great. Ah, I didn't have Side PTSD note, on Brick that. Shea uh, is nasty. <laughs> what a gross human. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, man, that really threw me off. But yeah, um, anyway, going back to the subs, we only did make one sub, but I wonder if that's partially because we had so many defensive players on our bench. Like, 
our defense was playing pretty pretty tight yesterday. There were, really was no need to bring any of them off. But I would have rather had more attacking options. Right. Part of me wonders if it was if it was meant to be a defensive game, which really stinks. Even though playing that opponent to be at home and play defense minded at home, that's really frustrating. Southampton likes to do that, so they never win at home. But um, but I mean, just put JJ Williams on, let him do it. But then again, you know, you have people say then maybe we get annihilated. But honestly, our... I would have loved to see him, JJ. Yeah, our, for, our offense wasn't producing anything at all. Even even if you put JJ on for like the last 10 minutes, he's got, he's got full energy and he's a tank. He can just like plow through your defense and at least be another option on corners or crosses or whatever. He's just another threat. Right, even um, there was one point um, in the end of, towards the end of the first half where Miriam had a wide open net and he, he kicked the ball literally right into Robles, but he ended up being offside anyways. Yeah. But but if that was his best best opportunity, uh, that was that was pretty frustrating. Harrison had a couple of chances too uh, late in the game. There was one chance in the eighty fourth. It was kind of uh, a scuttle there. Um, he he kicked it right into the right into the defense. There was no problem there. And then he had kind of had like a breakaway in the 91st minute um, in extra time. It looks like he just had to put it right right um, on the left side of the net, but put it a little wide and didn't didn't get the goal, obviously. But he had a couple good chances, um, especially that's good, especially for him being a defensive player. But um, we, we did have a couple missed chances. And then uh, Zardes late in the game, there was it was like one of the last plays in the game. Um, it was lobbed in. And it looks like he was just like one or two steps behind and just couldn't get there in time. But I did like what we saw. Um, we do have attacking potential. Uh, we are still playing Burhalter ball, but that's that's expected, especially early on this season. Uh, Caleb's not going to come in and change the whole system right away. It's going to take time to evolve. But um, I did notice more intense attacking. It was more pressing. Um, I did like the few tweaks that I saw. So I'm. I'm pretty excited for the rest of the season. Yeah, I kind of looked at the other way. New season, let's just, let's just go and let's blow the whole thing up. If we lose the first ten games and you know we win and trying, who cares? But uh, then again, um, that's probably why I'm not a major league soccer coach. You sound like a Cincinnati fan. Speaking of getting blown up, uh, yeah. So one question I had for you, since you're in the Nordeca, um, in about the 78th minute. Sar, um, Sanch actually did a great job of keeping possession of the ball, yeah. and then he grabbed his face. Was there any, <laughs> was there any slap or anything to his face, or did he just literally go down for no reason? He might have got like, I, I don't know. I didn't see anything. It looks like he just flopped. But I mean, so that's the part of his game. Like he's really improved. I'm watching the preseason games, watching last night, um, he's taking shots. He's taking more opportunities to take shots, but. That needs the whole diving every five yeah, that's, minutes that's has to that stop. Caleb needs to get control of because I mean, he he is a good player, especially this year. He does have better or more potential. Looks like he has more confidence this year. So I I think that's one of those things that Caleb just can can fix out and hopefully he can get that under control. But um, but yeah, I didn't see anything. And then I know everybody's crapping on Pedro because of his uh, his up. last minute slip. But I mean. Part of me wonders if that was in his mind. He's like, I got to go down in the box to get a penalty, even though there's nobody he, around no, he, him. He was even outside the box. He just, I don't know. I think he was just running oh, too fast. It looked like he's in the corner. From from our thing, it looked like he's in the corner of the box. But, but yeah, that was unfortunate because I saw all over Twitter that yeah. that's the only thing they remember about Santos' game, which is not fair. Yeah, that single thing is what everybody's basing their opinion on Pedro for that game. And, it's mean, like, yeah, so the question I ask is, 
what memorable did Miram do? What memorable did Zardas do? That's, I guess, if you have to think of one memory that's bad, I guess you have to do that. But also taking a look at the fact that our offense really offered nothing, um, which, you know, I guess people did assist the goal. Um, but even that, yeah, even that's off a, um, so who's better, Pipa or GBS? Do we? Uh, Federico Higuain is by far. No. Federico Higuain? Federico, uh, that's how you pronounce this is it, right? a massive report. Oh, we, my bad. You pronounce the names correctly. So the only other thing I wanted to talk to uh, talk about at the game is just because of sometimes fans around me, um, you kind of get in the Homer moment, and I'm known as like the referee guy. So Ted Uncle, he's the Mike Dean of of MLS. He likes to make big calls. He likes to give red cards. He likes to give penalties, um, which that's why I was actually shocked he didn't give a penalty there in the dying minutes for the crew because that's his type of call to make. So he's not usually wrong. He's just very arrogant in the yeah. way that he doles out cards and things like that. So I didn't really think he had a bad game. But in the 31st minute, when I don't know who he took out, but when Trap made zero contact with the ball and yeah, tripped that, the that player. That was definitely a card. That is... There's no way to debate that. My friends, that is a yellow card. Like, every single day, every single minute of a game, and everybody around me thought, no, that's ridiculous. Yeah, like, he should trap, not even have been a foul. I'm like, friends. Trap just, went <laughs> up to fight Ted, Uncle. And, he did. I, mean, like, I was embarrassed for him. Yeah. I, it, it was a blatant foul. There was really no way to call it, or not call it a foul. Um, so... Traps just got to be better. Um, that that is a little concerning though because he had a couple rough tackles in yeah. preseason also. So I'm like, does he have a uh, like a bad streak going on or whatever? But I don't know. He did play. He did. In my mind, he held back a little bit the rest of the game, which kind of sucked that he got yellow carded so early yeah. in the game. But but there were a couple times like, oh wait 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 wait. But luckily, um, luckily nothing came of it. Yeah, I I didn't. I wasn't impressed by Trap yesterday. Uh, just knowing what he is capable of and his potential, I don't think he had. Uh, even an above average game i think he was pretty poor yesterday i think that's fair uh, overall from the players um i don't i know it's a regular season game but i kind of kind of want to treat it as a preseason one-off because we are playing one of the best teams in the league even their b team pre-season? at the beginning uh, you sound like a cincinnati yeah fan. i know <laughs> <laughs> that's why i hesitated to say it you know even seattle uh the official twitter account tweeted some <laughs> some shade at uh, FCC saying, hey, this is just preseason. But I, I guess in my mind, um, I was not unhappy with the point. I feel like to some extent, oh, man, they could get me for this, but I don't think we even deserved a point out of that game. But so th- to that uh, extent, I am happy with a point. I mean, I think we played well enough to deserve a point out of the game. I'm I'm happy with the point. It's early on in the season against yeah. the, the best team in the league last year. Even if it was their B side, it's still – they're still a good team. So, I mean – Red Bulls and New or, uh, Red Bulls and Crew were always fighting at the top of the table in the East. So if we can if we can get any kind of points away from the Red Bulls, I'm I'm happy with it. Yeah. So in 2014, the first year that Greg Berhalter took over, we won those th- first three games, and we were top of the table f- after the fourth game, I think it was. Um, so in my mind, this is a better result. I know this is gonna sound crazy, but this is a better result because we're likely to get underestimated again. Whereas back then, once they figured us out, we thought, oh, yeah, we're going to win this whole thing. And then kind of we had that, what was it, I think one win in 17 games in yeah. the summer of that season. And that is one of the things that I'm excited about under Caleb. Like if something isn't working out, I, yeah. I know that he's going to tweak it. Whereas Greg, he was stubborn, and we pretty much went out every single game 
played the same exact way, and everybody knew what we were going to do. Yeah, we were predictable after those first three games. Um, and actually, somebody in my, um, in uh, 105 said that. He said uh, he said they haven't figured out Robinho yet. So that's a pretty good option to have off the bench. I just hope it's sooner next time. Yeah. Um, but overall, I not to be Sunshine Brigade, but I'm pretty happy with a point. Um, I know I'll probably get a lot of grief for that because, well, maybe we should have won. So next week we'll play um, another kind of weird time. At 2 o'clock p.m. we play the New England Revolution, um, Bob Craft's team, but we'll leave that alone on this podcast. Um, uh, the Revs drew with FC Dallas yesterday. Um, the interesting part about their lineup, um, th- this is where the 4-4-1-1. See, I did show prep, and then that's why I had 4-4-1-1 in my head. So <laughs> sorry about that. But um, we had Castillo, Anibaba, Delamia. Um, by Pantila, Zahibo, Caldwell, ba- Bunbury. Bunbury, again, is the only name I've heard of in that name, in that group. I have the same thing last year. Once pre-court decided he was going to do what he did, I was like, the league's not getting a dime of my money. I parked on 4th Street. I did not buy any merch. I did not buy any ESPN Plus or MLS Live or anything of that nature, and I did not watch anything else. So... This year, I'm excited to get back into it. I did start fantasy again. I did not do fantasy last year, but that's how I learned about the teams. So I was really surprised to see that Roe had been traded to Sporting Kansas City because I thought Roe would be there for forever. Um, and um, Agadello is a name that I knew. He played yesterday. Knighton was in goal. And Fagundes was on the bench, who's another player that I think is dangerous, but for whatever reason, he doesn't seem to be able to break the starting he lineup. He used to be dangerous. I don't know what happened to him, but he just like fell off the planet. Yeah, and so we have a lot of Spurs crew fans out there. And so your buddy Brad Friedel, Friedel <laughs> that was not intentional. Brad Friedel is the coach of the Revs. So for that reason alone and his fake English accent, I would like to obliterate, obliterate the New, uh, New England Revs. Back in the day, they were my least favorite team because before I had season tickets, every game I went to was a Revs loss. So I can't stand them. I can't. I went to one game out there. It's a horrible soccer environment. I actually feel slightly sorry for them having to watch soccer in that, fe- in that game. And the question I pose to the panel, all one of you, is that it's fake grass. So do we have any worries about playing in a cold environment, potentially rainy environment, on fake grass with, with uh, players coming back from injuries? Mm, it, it all just depends on what the weather is. Like if it's a nice day, I think we'll have relatively the same lineup that we went with yesterday. I don't anticipate any big changes anything that would shock um, us as the fans but um yeah i I think i think it's just gonna be the same i'm honestly not expecting anything different uh i would like to see a different bench um less defensive players but um yeah i'd like to see um my boy argudo either start or be on the bench Uh, i have to i have to have another favorite you know i really want to see uh more from sosa this year i think he's a great player and um if pipa is on his last leg, I, I don't really know how long he has left with the crew playing as um, in his role. But um, if he is finishing this year or next year, we do need someone who can step in. And I think uh, I think Sosa has potential to play in that role, but he just needs to play more minutes and get some more experience. All right, so we are doing a score competition or a score prediction competition this year, and we're going to do it just like a table where if you get – the tie, the draw, well, it's just the same thing. Win or loss. I'm in preseason form. What can I say? Uh, draw, loss, win. That's one point. If you get the scoreline correct, it's three points. So none of us got any points from last night's game because we all predicted a win, even though Cam 
predicted a loss all week, but at the last second when he saw the lineups, he predicted a 2-1. Dakota predicted a 2-1 crew all week, and I predicted a 3-1. I think I was a bit optimistic. Um, and the result was a 1-1 tie. So we all have zero points. Um, so we'll get Cam's score prediction later for next time. But um, what are your thoughts, Coda, on what the score prediction will be for next week? Mm. I don't want to lock in yet, but just um, w- with a week out. Oh, it's locked in. Once it's on there, it's locked in. All right, I might have to reserve this. No, it's all right. No, but, um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, it is early on in the season, and I, I didn't watch the Rams, so I don't know what, what they look like this far in the season with just playing one game. Um, but I'm never going to pick the crew to lose because I'm a real crew fan. Uh, Sunshine Brigade. So I'm going with... Is that in your official predictions, or you mean on the air? No, I mean, like, I'm never going to pick the crew to lose. Oh, okay, all right. Why would I do that? Because you want to win the score prediction competition. I want the crew to win. But sometimes you have reverse psychology. You have to predict the loss so that they win. Didn't you start Sunshine Brigade? I did. I did, but that's not the point. You're going against yourself. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I am going to go with a whopping 3-0 win. Whoa. Um, I'm feeling feeling confident about this game. Um, Going into the revs. uh, Are you sure this isn't Massive Report? No, I mean... I kind of know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a Barton's prediction, so 3 nothing. No, but, um, but for real, 3-0, uh, three, three I think we can do it. I think Caleb's going to fire up the guys this week in training. Um, a couple things need changed, but um, I, I'm pretty confident with this team. Uh, I just hope we can get more out of our attack. Um, if we can get more goals this year from people who aren't named Jossie Zardes, that would be a fantastic Agreed. Uh, change from last year. So, um, yeah, I'll lock, I'll lock that in for now but the official lock is not until <laughs> two minutes before kickoff fair enough um i am gonna go with another one one draw i think that um as Time nate beckman <laughs> no as nate beckman put it that you know mls is all about home team fc that the home team seems to win i think getting a point on the road would be a great result in a crappy i'm sure the weather's gonna be crappy with crappy turf against you know a mediocre team um, so I would be happy to go in, get a point, get zero injuries, and come back home and annihilate whoever else is on the list. You know what would make me, make me happy? If we end next week with more points than Cincinnati. Um, I believe we did that this week, did we yeah, not? Yeah, but let's let's keep it up. I wonder if FCC can get relegated. I wonder if Don Garber can come in and say, whoops, we made a mistake. Um, let's nah, it, kick them out. If he could do that, he would have done that with Orlando a couple years ago. Uh, but no, but they spent a lot of money on a new stadium. I guess Cincinnati is too. Um, we'll have to get some of the Foos lads on here to discuss what's going on with that that sympathy. Sim- what is it? The, the orchestra know. or something where they're like, oh, it's going to be too loud. So you can't come in here, which, yeah. I don't pay attention to their fuss lattery. Um, <laughs> a couple quick um, things to note for the Revs game. Uh, last year, we played the Revs two times. Uh, we didn't lose. First game, we tied 2-2 two to two here in Columbus. And second game, we won 1-0 to zero in Foxborough. So and we're going to switch it up this year. We're going to go in and get a draw, and we're going to come back no, and win here in we're Columbus. We're going to win every time we play the Revs. I sure hope so. And um, all-time record, crew versus Revs. The crew is up. We have 36 wins all-time. 18 draws and 27 L's. Yeah, so as we talk about the hashtag podcast wars, we've got our friends at the Massive Report and the 321. I don't think we've put any commentary about Aces Radio yet, but 
I guess that's a pro Sanch. That's fair enough. Fair enough. But our pro Sanch comments. I think here's looking at you, Dari, and Zadar, and Morgan, because you guys make it really popular to hate on him. So on, at the next ex- episode, I need you to I need you to compliment Sanch, or criticize us and tell us that we're stupid. That's probably what'll happen. But uh, man, that's really bad. If my only insult is that they don't know what they're talking about with Sanch, that's making myself look bad. Oh. Did, was that a goal? No. Uh, yeah, we're, we're still watching DC <laughs> for some reason. My favorite uh, thing is... Rooney's like a 50-year-old <laughs> out there. <laughs> when Brad Guzan... I cannot stand Brad Guzan. Yeah. Oh, that's why the ball bounced back and then got in the back of the net. Uh, that's too bad. Too old. Oh, man. I just... I love to see him try to save something and then just scream at everybody. It's a zero-zero draw. Relax. Anyways, that has nothing to do with anything. Ball fraud. Uh, we were going to go into MLS predictions. It'd be more fun if we had a bigger panel, um, but I will at least briefly with Coda. Maybe we'll bring it up again next week um, if we have uh, more full cast of characters. But um, so for the Shield winner, um, for those of you who don't know, the Supporter Shield is MLS's way to pretend like they're the rest of the leagues and the rest of the world. That but the something I learned, um, I think I actually found out listening to Three Two One Pod. Um, Supporter Shield does not send Wait, is that a soccer podcast? It is sometimes. Oh, okay. Well, they're, it's foosball podcast, I don't know. Oh, okay. Okay. Foosball is the real foosball because we all know the Germans invented soccer, so. <laughs> no, Seattle invented soccer. And Seattle is in Germany, so perfect. Anyway, um, Supporter Shield, if you win the Supporter Shield, you don't get uh, a free pass to the Champions League. Oh, so how does that work? Because MLS Cup winner gets it. MLS, it's MLS the US Cup, Open Cup. I don't know. They they went over it. It sounds like a big jumbly mess that I didn't really pay attention to because. And honestly, what makes me mad is that that fake Canada competition. Yeah, so Montreal, stupid. Toronto, or Vancouver are guaranteed to get a spot every year. Yeah. But if Toronto plays as poorly as they have been, hey, I'm good for it. They won yesterday. Oh, did they? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what I get. Michael Bradley scored, which is even worse. But did they end up advancing out of their to the next round, though? Oh no, they're they're out of Champions League. I meant they won in MLS yesterday. Oh, I don't care about that. I just care that they embarrass themselves on the international stage. Oh, yeah. That's always good. TFC LOL. Yeah, so it's one of those things where I remember when Montreal was in the uh, um, CCL final, everybody's like, oh, you have to cheer for the MLS team. And then Don Garber gave them like seven games off so they could prepare for yeah, so, to play so America. I would never cheer for another MLS team. Same. Like, no matter what competition they're in, there's still competition to the crew, and it, I just don't understand that. Yeah, I don't understand the philosophy. Oh, it'll make our league look good. No, I don't really care about all that. Yeah, it'll Especially make another not team in the league look good, and it'll make the crew look worse, which is a no-go for me. Especially since MLS dumped on us last year. But, uh, yeah. Did they? What happened? C- uh, <laughs> moving on. So, uh, Cincinnati, honestly, if you're in the CCL and you are – about to win i'm not cheering for you minnesota they're, united they're never making it to the champions league you can mark mark this down right here <laughs> i dakota stewart on this uh fine sunday evening cincinnati is never making champions league well you heard it here folks first <laughs> it's not really hot <laughs> it's kind of yeah, that's pretty uh, that's a hot that's a pretty uh, yeah so minnesota united if ethan finley scored a hat trick in the final of the CONCACAF Champions League. I would not want Minnesota to win. 
only the crew is the only MLS team that deserves to win the CONCACAF Champions League. League, uh, which actually I'm going to skip the Shield winner and go right into the U.S. Open Cup because I have a really hot take and I think the Columbus crew are winning the U.S. Open Cup this year. I was actually yeah, that's that's who I have on my list is the crew winning. I don't know um, if that's just my crew high getting to my head right now, but um, I think Caleb is going to take the competition seriously. We didn't see that with Greg. Um, he didn't no, Greg flat out. Yeah, he told yeah. me at one of the supporter summits. I asked, should I s- go to the uh, U.S. Open Cup games? He said, no, I wouldn't spend your money on that. He's like, I don't really. He didn't say the words I don't care, but it was definitely that's not something that's a priority right. to me. But yeah, with Caleb, we're definitely getting a whole we're getting a whole different story. He wants to go win trophies, wants trophies, no matter what. So I'm I'm super excited for U.S. Open Cup. I hope the crew can advance past the first round. I hope we can obliterate Chicago if we ever play them. Uh, hopefully we can we can play Chicago here at home and uh, send them home with nothing. Yeah, and I don't have any inside knowledge on this, but um, with Caleb Porter's ties to Akron, and we've played in the past at the Akron Stadium, which has always been my, was really fun. Uh, we played Indy 11 there once. Um, so you Northeastern Ohioers that, that don't come on down as often as you can, hopefully... Hopefully, again, no inside knowledge, but hopefully we have an opportunity yeah. to go to games there. That would be it's super amazing. exciting. Now, the Columbus crew needs to play in Columbus. I don't know why we ever didn't play a home game outside of Columbus, but that, no. We Does it need to be at Mifray Stadium? Yeah. Okay. Until uh, that part I agree with, but we have it's not going to happen. We'll be playing at Jesse Owens, no, we, we or maybe... We need to play at Moffrey. Yeah. I just don't think that's going to happen. And when the new stadium opens in 2021, we can play. Then we can play at Mafre at one of the side fields. True. <laughs> so, well, that was kind of boring because we both had the same prediction and we're both going to be correct on that one. Um, but to the Shield winner, I think that Atlanta's taking the Shield this year. Uh, they barely lost out to the Red Bull last year, and they won MLS Cup in their f- in their uh, first season. Wait, wasn't it? Second season. Yeah, last second. year was just a second season. See, I got so confused with last year just not caring about anything. So a second season. And so what else do they have to do? I suppose U.S. Open Cup, but they'll want to get, I think they're going to try to say, hey, we're the best in the league. Let's get that supporter shield. Um, so that's who I think is going to win that, Atlanta. Um, I actually have the same thing. I think Atlanta is the... This was not planned, by the way. Yeah, I think Atlanta is the team to beat this year. Um, they just have too many good players. Um, hopefully they aren't as good as they were last year, but um, until they until they prove me wrong that way, I think they're... They're always going to be at the top. All right. So MLS Cup. Uh, this is, I have a feeling I'm going to differ from Dakota on this one because I'm not predicting the crew to win this year. Uh, I think in the West, the strong teams will be LA Galaxy, I think will be strong again. I always predict Dallas every year and they always let me down. Not that they let me down because I don't care. I don't want them to win, but then they've just kind of pooped. Little side note on Galaxy um, with GBS over there. Um, I wish him nothing but. Uh, tons of L's. I don't wish him any kind of luck, and I, I know he's a crew legend, but I want him to remain a only Columbus crew legend. I don't want him to have any success in a different MLS team. Completely agreed, and also that I'm saying that even with Lamson being over there in LA Galaxy, yeah, I, get I, all the L's, Lamson. I don't care. Like yes, Iguain can go to a different team. Except for the Lampstrong Foundation. Actually, that should no. not have any L's. Ewing There's lots of W's. I say, what are you talking about? Columbus totally dies. This is his... But we'll get to that in a second, in but I think this is his example, retirement year. If he were to go to a different team, I would wish him nothing but failure. Fair enough. But so I think Dallas and L.A., but I'm going to Sporting Kansas City. I think the sportsmen are going to come out, and they are going to top the uh, West. 
And then, I hate to say this disgusting thing, but I think Red Bull or Atlanta might end up being in the final again. And I'm going to go with just because they never, ever make it. They have to break the streak sometime. Yeah. Oh, it's just so gross. I'm going with Sporting Kansas City defeating New York Red Bulls in MLS Cup final in sport in Kansas City. Uh, for my final, as uh, DC scores a goal against Atlanta. That I, was my boy Ariola, wasn't it? No. Anyway, in the I final. I was going to say, he, I had a, yes, it, it was. I had a prediction about him coming up. So this is pretty good. Good times. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, in my final, I have Atlanta versus LAFC. Um, I think they're two strong teams. Um, they, they had great seasons last year. I think LAFC is going to be uh, more dominant this year than they were last year. So, again, and, until they prove me wrong, I think Atlanta is going to be at the top. So this goes into the next question when we talk about the MLS Golden Boot. Um, will Martinez still be here in the summer transfer window, after the summer transfer window? I, I don't know, but that I kind of have like a little asterisk. If he does stay the whole season, I think it's a given that he's going to get the Golden Boot. Um, if he doesn't, and if he is traded or sold or whatever in the summer, I think it's going to go to Zlatan. Yeah, and actually this... <laughs> I'm actually really annoyed that we're agreeing on Stop everything. This is notes. not this is not intentional, but I had written down Martinez or Ibrahimovic for the same reasons. And this was actually before Ibrahimovic decided to score a, a, an insane, sick brace yesterday. Um, oh, did he? Oh, man. It's disgusting. It's disgusting that he should be allowed to do that. Um, so moving on to the crew, this might be the golden boot that I'm hoping for. Um, but I'm going with Jazzy Zardes. Our I striker is finally, he's going to score lots and lots of goals. If you don't have Jesse Zardes as a golden boot winner for the crew, um, then you you don't know what you're watching. Yeah, and so in the past, in the past, we've liked, um, it's been really cool how a lot of the wingers, like all the goals are tied, you know, everybody's mm -hmm. got like 10 goals and stuff like that. So I wouldn't be complaining if that happens, but I hope Zardes just has a breakaway season, kind of like he did last year. No, I mean, like, I would love for a different player to have more goals than Jossie if Jossie also has 20 goals. But yeah. that's not going to happen. I would love for Miram Santos and Jossie to all have 20 goals. Oh, could you imagine? That would I might be... have to change my supporter show uh, <laughs> prediction. <laughs> that would be amazing. Maybe we'll get to trouble this year if we do that. Um, and then so I had MLS breakout player, and the reason that I wanted to talk about this was uh, <laughs> it's kind of hilarious that it just happened that Ariola scored, but that's actually who I had um, as a breakout player because – one thing that's really annoyed me is the number of MLS players, I mean, the national team players who are playing in MLS, and he's one of them. I feel like he could have developed himself more outside of MLS. But now that Greg is in charge of the UN's Mess national team, I think that uh, playing in MLS might actually help people. MLS and Bundesliga, uh, which, by the way, Greg last weekend was in uh, Signal Iduna Park speaking German. He was um, uh, at, the, at the game yesterday. At, at Columbus? Uh-huh. Nice. He was with uh, Josh Wolf. Oh, that's why we're playing Greg Berhalter ball. Yep. Ah. That's why Waylon wasn't so great. Oh, why does Greg hate <laughs> Waylon Francis? I don't understand. Well, that's good. Um, do you have any commentary on who you think is going to be, you know, and I say that selfishly as like a U.S. Open, I mean, a U.S. national team fan too. I mean, personally, I don't care about anybody else's success, but it's just one of those things yeah. that I think would be fun to watch. Um, for me, I and again, I didn't follow the league at all last year, so I really don't know who is in the league besides the crew players. Um, but just noting their big get over the break, uh, Piti Martinez from River Plate uh, in Atlanta, I think he's going to be 
one of their key players. Uh, he, he's actually on the bench right now while they're playing, but I don't know if he just hasn't gotten accustomed to starting uh, with that team, but I think he's going to be one of their best players this year. So what you're saying is that you're a closet Atlanta fan? No, not at all. Are you saying that Atlanta is growing on you? False. Are you saying that you're slowly falling in love with Atlanta? I would never do that. Uh, do you know any crew fans? No, we're not going to go there. <laughs> um, so a crew breakout player. This is a little bit more exciting because I feel like we have a lot of players that have the potential um, just because I have to go down the road of the way I was uh, a manic Ethan Finley fan that I just have to pick another player just to pick and say, hey, I watched that guy at Wake Forest. And so, therefore, I want him to be awesome. But I'm hoping that Argudo becomes um, a breakout player in the sense that he gets to play. Because um, he did start a couple games last year when we were really, really lean. Um, but it would be kind of fun to watch um, somebody that I'm ashamed to say I watched Big Ten so- play Big Ten soccer. Yeah, imagine watching college <laughs> sports. And so, and so uh, well, not Big Ten, I guess. It would Wake Forest, not Big Ten, but college soccer. So yeah, that's what I would say. So. Um, for my crew breakout player, um, I would love to see Rubinho come in, uh, get his starting role. Um, like I said, I think he has a great potential. He he could start the game. I hope Caleb can see that and bring out the best in him. Uh, so I'm I'm hopeful that Rubinho can get his spot in the team and help us to win trophies. Yeah, that's the part that's exciting about this year is that we actually have a lot of options with Rubinho, JJ Williams. Um, would you say Nico Hansen's already had a breakout, or is he on the verge of, of potentially, if he gets healthy, that he could have a breakout season? Has he uh, already had one? Honestly, Nico Hansen, and uh, sorry, Evan, I know you're a big <laughs> Nico Hansen uh, train captain or conductor, whatever they're called, but um, I, I don't think he has much potential to be like one of our, our better players. I think he's always going to be a rotation player or a bench player to some extent. Yeah, and I, unfortunately, I actually agree with that. Um, I do think it's like... Um, Christian Martinez, and, and who it's not was that, awesome when we watched him right. in the beginning, and then he just didn't he didn't progress. And it's not that I don't think he's good enough. I just think we have better options, and I don't think having Nico Hansen as a starter, he's not good enough to be a starter on the team to win any kind of trophy. Yeah, and so hopefully when the summer transfer window comes that they will be spending money on attack, 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 attack. Yep. So, Miriam Santos, you better be on the ball. Falcao. Oh, no. No. He's older than Pipa. Here, pin drop. Um, so MLS <laughs> comeback player of the year, no surprise, but I'm gonna go with um, Mr. Ethan Finley, who played like 10 minutes yesterday. But I'm hoping he finds his way back in the starting lineup again. I don't really care what they do as long as the crew win, but um, I do uh, appreciate what he did for Columbus and will be excited to see him um, overcome injury. Uh, my MLS player, comeback player, um, going with Jordan Morris, aka. The American oh, Messi. Oh, no, dang it. You said it before I could. I freaking hate that. But anyway, <laughs> Jordan Morris, I that's think. That's Christian Pulisic. Duh. <laughs> uh, Jordan Morris, uh, he played well against Cincinnati last night. Got, I think, did he get a brace or just one goal? Yeah, he got a brace against a USL team. That's pretty cool. I guess it was Fuss Wait, Lions. that wasn't a US Open Cup game? That was the MLS game? Yeah. Oh. I, I think it was hurts. a preseason game. Oh. But anyway, uh, yeah, Jordan Morris, um, he's back from injury. I think he's going to have a good season. Hopefully not, because I, I don't want Seattle to be good at anything, but yeah, exactly. unfortunately. It was really hard to cheer from the last night, but then it wasn't so it wasn't hard, hard after, at all. after Cincinnati for scored that first min- goal. <laughs> for those like 90 <laughs> minutes, I cheered so hard for Seattle. Uh, felt a little dirty, but at least uh, we can say that we had um, uh, Mickey over there so, um, helping us out. So. Uh, cr- 
let's see crew comeback player this one there's also a few a few options but i'm gonna go with the man that greg berhalter hated named waylon francis even though he may not have had the best game last night he was looking awesome in preseason he, so he was good in preseason yeah. but i will note that i really missed milton uh especially last night um i think I, I don't know if it was just him not having enough time with the team but i think waylon was a drop off of what we've seen from milton that's a fair point um i don't think yeah that's a fair point because milton to me was mvp of the team last year i mean we did not deserve to have him and when he signed again i was just yeah. like shocked and excited about super that excited. so especially sitting on the east side i mean his heat map is basically him running up and down the line yeah. so i could just watch him um do that so did you have a specific player i have a feeling who you're gonna pick as crew comeback player crew comeback get ready for this you might need to sit down if you're standing pedro up. santos pedro santos um first of all I love Pedro. Always have, always will. Never doubted. Never doubted. Hashtag never doubted. Never doubted. Um, but yeah, I think this year, like I said before, he has more confidence. It looks like uh, I liked his play yesterday. Um, he did have a couple mistakes, as did everyone else. But um, hopefully he can uh, get everything together. Caleb can get into his head, give him a little bit more confidence, and he can uh, provide more, more on the wing. Um, hopefully get more than one goal and get some uh, get some assists. So you're not holding against him that fall at the end of the game that didn't negate the entire rest of the game too? No. Oh. No, because I actually watched the game and I, I saw what he did. For Why are you being so reasonable? Minutes. That's weird. Oh, I don't know. Weird as a crew fan, right? It is weird. So moving on to the MLS letdown player. I just like this one because I just want to pick on a big name, but Wayne Rooney. We had you in our pocket in the playoffs, and you are just going to tank this year. <laughs> you're going to be so horrible, and you're going to wish you never played another season. So that's kind of what I hope happens. I don't know if that will really happen, but that's my MLS letdown player of the year. Unfortunately, I can't go with Zlatan because he scored a brace last night. Uh, for my letdown, and I hope it's a big letdown, um, Fernando Adi in Ooh, Cincinnati. I like it. Hope I he like gets uh, about zero goals. If negative goals, that would be great. Score a couple own goals. I don't know. Th those count as negative goals, right? They should. Uh, I agree. But anyway, hopefully, hopefully he just has a disaster season. That would be wonderful. That would be wonderful. Um, and then the crew let down player. I don't think it's any surprise that I'm going to say uh, Justin Miram's going to let us down. I have zero percent in my mind think he would listen to this. But the oh, he good does. thing about Justin... When he searches for his own name, he'll yes. definitely find it. <laughs> the good oh, can he do that with audio? That's pretty <laughs> sweet. But if he searched himself, what he likes to do is he likes to play with a chip on his shoulder. And so, um, so hopefully he realizes... Hopefully people do get on him because I think that'll make him play better. I hate adding players, anything negative ever, and I've never done it. Um, I've been accused of hating all season. I've been blocked <laughs> by one backup goalkeeper, <laughs> even though I never, I never added that person. But uh, someone who also searches their name, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I do hope that um, he does get that chip and says, "You know what? I need to produce like I did in 2017. I need to, I need to take this team on my back and go." But I just don't think it's going to happen. I think he's on his way out. If he doesn't produce, it's kind of what happened uh, with Finley. He just had that worldy of a season and then 
kind of went downhill, but then he needed a new start, and his new start ended up being great until he hurt his ACL, and then now he's back. So that's what I think is going to happen. I think that uh, he'll be a huge letdown, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, I hope I, – I don't want to be let down by anybody on our team, but I think he is the um, the guy that stands out as someone who would be a letdown. Um, like I said, he didn't really produce much in yesterday's game. Um, he didn't stand out to me at all in preseason. Um, I would like to see Robinho get a shot at starting in his position and have Pedro on the other side. Um, I would even I would even go and say have Robinho start with Miram just to switch it up. But yeah, I, switch it up. Yeah, but I do think Miram. Seeing what I've seen now, um, I think he's he's definitely going to be the letdown for this year. Hopefully not. I mean, I don't. Hopefully I don't, not. Right. I don't want to be let down by anybody. Because we're win the treble. Yeah, so, exactly. You know, we need him. But finally, MVP. So league MVP and crew MVP. Um, I just unfortunately think um, because Latin didn't win MVP last year that they're going to find a way to make sure he wins it and then he can finally retire in the sunset having conquered a poor quality league. <laughs> so that's what I think. I think Zlatan's going to somehow win the MVP in this year. Um, mine, are, I was going off my other predictions. I think it's going to be Yusuf in Atlanta just because, again, he's an amazing striker. Um, that is something MLS would do too is say, hey, even though you – moved in the summer window, we're still going to give you MVP. Like, hey, they might give Elmeron an MVP just no, because mean, he plays in the Premier League now. He's, he's my choice if he does end up staying for the whole season. If not, I honestly don't know yeah. because I, I don't even know who's in this league yet. I'm starting to watch That's it true. That's true because we could also have people come in, all those big stars that uh, we're going to be paying for in the summer, which is going to be very exciting. Yeah. And then the crew MVP, I think it's... I know you'll be very sad, but... I do really think this is Pipa's last year. I think he's done. I know he's extended another year for like three years, but I think this is it, and this is going to be his high. He's going to assist all the goals. All the goals. So Miram, Sanch, and uh, Jazzy will all have 20 goals each, and he'll have 61 <laughs> assists. So he'll have assisted all of them and the Sorrow goal. So, uh, so he'll be the crew MVP. I feel like you did take my notes because I also have Pipa. <laughs> Um, well, that's my bad. If I would have known that it was just you and me, I probably would have not picked an Argentinian. <laughs> to be fair, no, I mean, like, I don't, I don't pick him because he's the best player in crew history. I think he's actually going to be the MVP. Wrong um, with Ethan Finley, duh. <laughs> um, but anyway, he's going to be the one player that's like going to really affect me emotionally when he leaves because he's been my favorite player for since, since the time he started with the crew. Um, but yeah, I I I really hope if this is his last year, I hope we can do something to cement his spot as a club legend. I know I know he already is seen as a club legend, club great, whatever. But if we can get him any kind of silverware, that's not the Carolina Challenge Cup or right. <laughs> the stupid Toronto thing that we have. Now that we've wrapped up kind of our league predictions, I do have a couple random things to think about uh, looking. Uh, deeper into this year, um, life without Zach Steffen is oh. Bendik going to start? Is it going to be Kempen? Are we going to get someone else? I I really want to know what's going to happen when we don't have America's greatest goalkeeper. This is not going to happen. But what I'm hoping happens is because no disrespect to Zach, who's the greatest goalkeeper in the world. Manchester City is probably not going to have him as their starting goalkeeper or bench goalkeeper. No, so they'll so. probably loan him out. 
So maybe they'll extend the loan after this summer window. Uh, I doubt it. Oh, I doubt it too, but that would be wonderful. But but no, I think it's going to be Bendick just because he was on the bench. Um, yeah. So I mean, that's I, unfortunate. I honestly don't know. I don't think Bendick or Kempen are MLS Cup winning quality goalkeepers. So No, I agree with that. Um, I don't think Bendick is – I think Bendick is better than Kempen. Um, I mean, he's already blocked me, so the, what, what They're both just depth goalkeepers. Yeah. I don't think either. yeah there, we have to find a, either goalkeeper in the goalkeeper in the transfer window um, to, to bring in um, but all these goalkeepers that bounce from club to club to club it's not they're not gonna win us MLS Cup you're right about speaking that. of goalkeepers uh, Cincinnati's goalkeepers trash just for the record why did he like give up a lot of goals no, last night or something freaking terrible <laughs> I did notice at the preseason game um, that he was yeah he was not good because what, that really surprised me because I thought, didn't they spend a lot of money to bring him in? I don't know. I, d- I didn't pay attention to that. I just know. I thought they bad. had, and then um, I was like, okay, I'm really confused about the way he commands the box because he was just all over the place. But anyway, moving on. My next uh, point to make: um, this summer is Will Trap going to be on the roster? Hmm. There's rumors that he might be leaving. Uh, he's waiting for a good offer that would make sense for him as a player and us as a club. Um, me personally, this is um, this is my thought on the whole will transfer saga. If he wants a permanent spot on U.S. men's national team, I think he has to stay in MLS. Ooh, because that's a hot take there. I, he's he's not good enough for EPL. He's not good enough for any of the top five European leagues. He's a championship player. If he wants to go to play for Celtic and be the top team because the other X amount of teams in that league are trash, he can do that, play with Tim Way. But I think if he does want to keep his spot in the national team, he needs to stay in MLS. Maybe that's why he is playing more physical. Maybe he is going to the championship. Um, I, I, I don't think – I remember when I came – when I first used him as a season ticket holder was 2014. And I remember everybody said, oh, he's going to be in the World Cup in 2018. Um, that was the US the didn't really happen <laughs> <laughs> for a variety of reasons. And I don't honestly what's, know. What's the number one reason? <laughs> to be honest, if we weren't in the World Cup, I don't even know if he would have been on the roster, to be I honest, at I the time so. before Greg was there. No. So so that was that. And they were talking about him going to the Greek League and him going to Europe at that time already. I remember that in 2014. And so if he hasn't taken the opportunity yet, I just – I'm not. Sh- I'm thinking he missed his window. I really, honestly think he missed his no, window. I mean, and like there was rumors over in the January camp that he had rejected bids. And, I, yeah. and t- in my mind, the bids that he had rejected, those are the ceiling that he would be able to get as the player that yeah. he is. So I think he's still going to be here all season. And I mean, if he does want to move, that's great. If he wants a new challenge, he's been here f- from the start of his career. Oh yeah, I wouldn't begrudge him at all. That's uh, his yeah, right I as a human being any, and as a player. Any hard yeah. feelings against him if he does want something new? Um, but I think just for his uh, professional national team career, I think it's best if he stays here. Yeah, no, I do agree with that. And I do think there's a reason, even though I hate it, there is a reason that Bradley keeps getting called, even though he's old. And I hope we never see him again. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm done seeing There's him. no replacement. Yeah, even Greg called him. I thought, what a traitor. And then uh, last thing I just wanted to get an opinion on uh, summer signings. I know we didn't have very many signings here in the offseason. They didn't have much time to work with anything. Uh, Caleb kind of wants to feel out the team, see what we need, where we're lacking quality, 
but um, I did hear that. I don't remember who I heard it from or where I saw it, but uh, the crew is looking to potentially sign someone this summer, um, a, a big, a bigger player. Yeah. Um, so I would, I would definitely be down for that. Um, I would love if it would be. Um, uh, personally, uh, the the spot that we need the the most quality right now is wing. Um, so Attacking can, wing. Yeah. If, yeah. If, if we can get a good winger, um, I know a good one. Plays in Argentina, as we're all shocked. Um, so, Pete, call him up Bez, and get him up here. If you want my opinions, I'll give you my phone number. Sit here, get the hot take out now. You actually already have my phone number because I'm a season ticket holder. <laughs> Just look me up. I want to hear a name. Let's get the name. Uh, Ricardo Centurion. He plays for Racing Club. I look forward to signing him as our fourth DP this summer because LA Galaxy. Oh yeah, because we're allowed to do that now. <laughs> Yeah. So, no, that is interesting. Um, I think that is the going rumor that we didn't have much time in the January window, and we said let's just stick with what we have, and that um, let's not forget that Bezbachenko is the one who, I don't know how it works, but either convinced the owners or put into play to hire Bradley, Altador, and Giovinco. So n- I'm not saying Columbus can attract huge names, but Giovinco wasn't really a huge name. He was just an unknown entity yeah. that was bl- that that was a good player. And I mean, it doesn't even and, need to be a, yeah. a huge name. I I don't care about the name. I just want a quality player that can help Columbus to win a trophy. So and also at something that doesn't like Precourt just didn't have the money to do it. Um, I think you mean his dad, D, D Haslam herself herself is a billionaire. Um. I don't still don't fully understand how all that money stuff works in MLS and what they're allowed to spend and what they're not allowed to spend. It gets very confusing. But I do know that what they will be able to spend, in my mind, I think it's gonna happen. I think we're gonna finally get that signing. That that we're not we're not gonna be playing money ball anymore. That's gonna be the exciting part. I actually do know who we're gonna sign. And who is that? It's gonna be messy. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, while we're talking crazy, let's get Timo Werner <laughs> over here who just got who's going to Bayern. Why? Why, Timo, why, when you can play for the Columbus crew? Oh, man, he'd tear up MLS. He would win the Golden Boot and the MVP and the MLS Cup Final and the U.S. Open Cup Final and the uh, Shield. But anyways, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Um, So on that crazy note, we'll we'll wrap this thing up. Um, um, Hashtag Podcast Wars, uh, Aces Radio, Massive Report, 3-2-1. Let's do Laser Tag. I'm, I'm I actually think it would be honestly. I really think it'd be fun. It'd be a good way to get our aggression out. Paintball, paintball. Um, but yeah, paintball's fun. But paintball, yeah, that's true. Paintball would be fun. We can do that too. But anyway, way we can just shoot each other without dying. <laughs> exactly. Let's do that. So I don't know if anybody's actually listening to this. What I'm hoping is that somebody at least fast forward to the end. Um, let's make that happen. Um, let's do it. All right. So we're also taking bets over under how long we're gonna last. Is it gonna be seven episodes? Fourteen episodes? 38 episodes, 45 episodes. So um, we hope to be back next week. Um, today it was just me, Todd Fichtenberg. You can find me at Toddrick33 on Twitter. And Dakota Stewart, you already know who he is, so you don't even need his Twitter handle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they know you. They know you in person because they know you from your picture. Yeah, so we'll see you all next week. And then in the meantime, go crew. Bubble. We're in preseason form today, like uh, FC Cincinnati is.